0: Hello there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the lockdown lowdown. I'm your host, Andrew Stupart. And as always, we have Alex Pope back for another wild ride tonight. Alex, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing really well. You might even say I'm I'm Q. Are you <laughs> oh, Q?
0: I am I am Q plus. No, it's good to have you back on. And, <laughs> and I hope I, Q and Q. I, I say to you and your family I wish you guys a very generic happy holiday. Um, (laughs) so so tonight um we're going to revisit one of one of my favorite topics which is conspiracy theories and that was actually one of the the key topics on one of our first shows when we had misha um on board and we talked about some really wild conspiracy theories that that to my mind or sorry to this day blows my mind that these people actually believe these things we talked about 9-11, 9-11, was it an inside job and did the Bush administration have prior knowledge or influence over the events of 9-11? The other one we talked about is, um, is the earth flat? And there's, there's these flat earthers out there who, you know, are, are, are just bent on like proving that, that the whole round earth thing is actually a conspiracy and that you could actually sail off the edge of the earth. Uh, if you were in a boat. And then finally, very, very apropos with these current times, we talked about anti-vaxxers and we talked about the fact that there's these crazy theories on the internet, especially on social media um, about vaccines causing autism. And I thought what, you know, I thought to myself, what could I do to like up the ante and like bring this to, to a whole new level? And honestly, the only thing that tops the anti-vaxxers, the flat earthers, And the 9-11 conspiracy theorists, of course, is QAnon. And for those who don't know, QAnon is this like alt-right, almost, I wouldn't call them a cult. Some people in the media have described them as a cult, but they don't have all the characteristics of being a cult. But what they are, I would almost call them like this new age, like far right or alternative right, um, quasi-religious um movement that's all centered around these like um hyped up conspiracy theories that are just absolutely wild and and a lot of it is based in the states and a lot of it's based around um u.s politics so again alex thanks for joining i think this will be a fun one tonight um just to give you a brief um sort of timeline here and, and alex feel free to jump in at any point if, if anything you know sticks out at you that I, when i when i'm when i'm speaking here um, But sure. I do want to go, I do want to go over the, just the timelines of what leading up to QAnon. Okay. Because this, this, these people are batshit crazy. It's absolutely wild. And I want to give some context here. So October 2003, which if you can believe it is actually 18, almost 19 years ago. And we're at the beginning of, you know, the web has, has been established. We have, we, for a good five or six years, seven years, we've had The beginning of these chat rooms and forums and all this sort of stuff so um what we see in 2003 is a as a guy by the name of christopher sorry christopher quote-unquote moot pool launches 4chan 4chan 4chan.com i think it's now called 4chan.org and it starts out as an english language um image board website so it's basically like a leader not a leaderboard it's basically like a discussion board a forum that also has like video, like little quick, you know, quick videos or, or images or what have you. Okay. And
1: And, and it's completely uncensored. It's not like uncensored.
0: It's yeah, that's right. So it's completely uncensored. And the, and the people who post on it are completely anonymous. And we can talk about that as one of the themes later is that, you know, sometimes Excuse me, these quote unquote trolls hide behind their anonymity because it's one thing for me to to say something to your face in the street or in your home, but you can hide behind the keyboard, especially when you're not posting your, your, um, your username, it's just an anonymous post okay and how it works is in these different forums, um, people, you know, people who reply to your post then it gets bumped right so if I have a really popular post it'll keep getting bumped to the top of the discussion. And there's a wide wide variety of discussions, anything from Japanese animation, so anime, manga, um, there's even some pornography on there, all sorts of different topics. Um, And what we start to see is the alt-right movement um, slowly taking shape on the fringes of the internet. Um, This is not a popular mainstream website by any stretch of the imagination back in 2003, but you start to see some nationalist neo-Nazi racist comment, anti-Semitic comments um, on this on these different discussion boards on 4chan. And it sort of becomes like the alt-right or alternative right um, political sort of um, discussion board, amongst other things, okay? So this is happening in the background. So let's fast forward um, 13 years and we see, um, this is 2016 now, and we're seeing that Trump has won the primary uh, on his side, he's he's now officially in the race for uh, the uh, the highest office in the U.S., President of the United States. You have Hillary Clinton, um, wife of the for- former President Bill Clinton, as well as Secretary, you know, former Secretary of State, running, um, you know, in his in opposition to Trump. And um, things start to get a little bit crazy on social media. I mean, social media has had ten years to sort of balloon outward. I mean, we all remember remember Facebook back in 2004. It's had time to like grow outward and just be snowballed to to become this thing that no one can really control. And so during this election, a lot of things start happening. Um, And I'm going to point to October 2016. There's a Twitter account um, that, you know, that regularly posts anti-Semitic white supremacist content, just horrible racist content. And this, this Twitter account,
1: um, what, what are some exa- examples of that?
0: I don't. I don't want to share. I don't actually have specific examples from that account. But what because I'm I feel some-
1: like I'm. I feel like I'm always hearing that a lot. I. I, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent here, but I always feel like I'm hearing that a lot about you know four chan and stuff like that. It's like oh, there's always a lot of anti-Semitic content. There's always a lot of uh, racist and sexist, uh, homophobic content. But, like I feel like that is a way that a lot of people are just sort of just like, it's a good way to sort of dismiss it outright. So like, don't go there, don't look at it. Just dismiss it completely because we say that there's all this stuff on it. I like to actually see the posts how frequent they are and, and make up my mind from there for sure. But, but go I, on, I, I don't need to take away from you. No, it's, it's
0: all good, man. And I honestly encourage users, listeners, I should say to go ahead and like do their research. I was just kind of giving a brief skeleton timeline just to like set the scene here. But for sure, if you want to look into it more, like I'm always, I'm you know, people can always like leave a comment in our Facebook group and, and keep the discussion going after the podcast. I'm more than happy to have that happen. Um, but what i will say is i actually did look at some of the 4chan comments even the even the current ones in like 2021 like like as in like this afternoon and some of them are pretty wild like just about like you could tell that there's a little bit of theme of of, about about race sort of racial segregation and and the makeup of different of different genetic people and 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 there was something i don't i don't even I'm, i'm actually gonna feel guilty now obviously this i i don't believe this whatsoever i'm just quoting from 4chan but there was a comment about all brown people looking the same or something like that, like on 4chan, that's just one example of some of the stuff just in five minutes that I read on one of the, um, there's a forum about sort of historical or political content. And there was definitely some white supremacist stuff in there. And there was definitely some like, yeah, yeah, you know, like all brown people look the same, or this is what a true Slavic person should be here. And it's just like all this crazy, like kind of race oriented stuff that I just, it's kind of icky, to be honest. Anyways, um, feel free to look at your own, t- on your own time if you wanna look, dive into it. What I did wanna say is there's this kind of troll out there on Twitter who's, who's po- posting this crazy shit back in October, 2016. A lot of it very kind of white supremacist oriented stuff. And this Twitter account um, claims that the ND, sorry, uh, NYPD, the New York uh, Police Department had discovered a pedophile ring a pedophilia ring rather linked to hillary clinton and members of the democratic party okay uh pedophile ring linked to hillary clinton and members of the democratic party and so this thing starts to like this fake news starts to snowball a little bit and people start reading these comments and getting word of this and it starts to build momentum and and eventually, we, we see what, be, you know, it morphs into what has now become or since become the Pizzagate scandal. And so we, you know, this, um, there, there starts to be these rumors circulating. And yes, this did start on QAnon and different QAnon oriented websites, but specifically, sorry, not QAnon, sorry, 4chan. This started on 4chan. So this whole Pizzagate thing that I'm sure a lot of the listeners have heard of, actually had it start on 4chan which is why i was mentioning the website and so we get to this point where um there's a comment about this um this pizzeria called comet ping pong in washington dc now how we got from new york to washington dc i'm, I'm a little bit fuzzy on the details but basically there there are these trolls um on these various message boards who are saying that that hillary clinton is linked to a pedophilia ring, a, se- a child sex trafficking ring. Um, and, and some of it's operating out of this basement in this pizzeria in Washington, DC. And some people have even gone gone as far to say that there are tunnels, um, being used to traffic these children, and that and that this pizzeria is sort of responsible for, you know, um, housing some of these children, some of this illegal activity is happening in the basement. Of this pizzeria so i feel really bad. first of all i feel really bad for this for this owner of this pizzeria who's had to like shake off all this negative commentary and all this horrible sh- you know rumors and stuff but basically what happens is um there is a guy i'm just trying to find his name hold on who is the guy what is his name mm-hmm. Oh, Edgar, okay, so then what happens is there's a gentleman by the name of Edgar Madison Welch who, who's really buying into this conspiracy theory, okay? And he legitimately believes that the democr- higher ranking folks in the Democratic Party, you know, with, with Hillary Clinton at the helm is trafficking, um, you know, children for the purposes of sex trafficking, all that sort of stuff, you know, through this, through this underground sort of system. And so this guy, Edgar Madison Welch, um, tries to get some of his friends to come along with him and they, they don't really have it. So he goes by himself and you're gonna love this, Mr. Uh, Second Amendment over here. He takes, <laughs> this guy takes his, his um, uh, AR-15 automatic, sorry, semi-automatic assault rifle. That's an AR-15 rifle, okay? And goes into this, uh, this um, ping pong, sorry, comment, what's it called? Um, comet Ping on pizzeria and and you know he actually tries to shoot a lock off the door he's in there like ready looking like he's in there like trying to protect these kids or that are being trafficked and he's so hell-bent on like on like being the superhero and, and 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 you know and and um putting an end to to hillary clinton's secret top secret plot and then he finds out later that the pizzeria doesn't even have a basement
1: the basement um, where
0: the where the kids but were. But so here's hooked. the
1: thing, Stuart. Could you imagine if there was a pedophile ring operating in the basement? Man, he wouldn't would, I be glad to have he my second a hero? He would be a hero. He would be a hero, <laughs> and we and we'll go into that in a second. Um, unless you want to take a pause, like I'm all good to yeah, take a pause. No, I, I just want to mention here first. First of all, I mean Hillary Clinton's campaign was happening at the same time as yeah. you know some weird creepy sex stuff from uh, uh, her her main assistant i'm blanking on her name but her husband anthony weiner if if anybody's listening to this and you're not familiar with anthony weiner there's an excellent um an excellent documentary on youtube you have to check out just google anthony weiner documentary this guy is, is closely associated to the Democratic Party. Uh, you know, his wife was uh, like the main advisor to uh, Hillary Clinton. And basically, he had this like obsession with sending uh, pictures of his genitals to women frequently after getting busted for it in the mainstream media. He would go out and do it again and again and again and it and it's it's shocking so like it's not totally unfathomable that her her campaign is sort of like you know at least loosely uh, involved with these sort of strange sexual predator type people
0: yeah and you know what honestly i'll, I'll have to take a look into that because i heard i
1: I think what I'm trying to say is I think and and I'm not saying that that you know like she is there this conspiracy is real or anything like that what I'm saying is that there's it always seems like there's a little bit of truth and that's what sparks a firestorm of um, speculation from uh, conspiracy minded people if if she never had any association with anybody that was kind of weird and creepy like that, then it probably would have fallen flat right away. But because there's like, oh, there's a little bit of truth there. There's like a little bit of something for them to grab onto and and really take to an extreme.
0: No, totally. And And I don't discount the fact that no one's perfect. I mean, I... I mean, I, you and I are Canadian, so I would we, we would not have had a chance to vote in that election I, anyway, but given the choice, I probably would have voted for Hillary, given the two choices. And even then I recognize the fact that like, if she's not perfect, she, you know, um, she is a flawed, I mean, we're all human beings, we all make mistakes and maybe, she, you know, and, 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 and sure, you know, I'll acknowledge the fact that maybe some of the people that she had in her close circle in a professional setting. We're not exactly the squeaky, most squeaky clean of people. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll acknowledge that maybe, you know, this, this guy Wiener, um, did some, did some pretty gross things. Uh, and so I don't want to discount that, but I, what I, what I do have to agree on is that, you know, whether it's the right wing media, the left wing media, doesn't, or if it's fake news media or whatever, they will, you're exactly right in that they will grab at whatever they can, whether it's just a little tiny morsel of information, and make it snowball and blow up into this huge, huge, huge thing. And and I think part of it is that we we have in the United States, we have such um, divisive, polarized, extreme politics that something like this was bound to happen, especially with with, the, uh, with, with social media giants becoming more and more powerful, the algorithms becoming more and more powerful and people going down these rabbit holes. It's called the rabbit hole effect. And I was gonna talk about it a little bit later, but since you kind of started talking about the, the, the snowballing effect of this little grain of information, it's not a little grain, it's, it's a pretty big, it's pretty disgusting behavior, what, what you mentioned, but that snowballing into these absolutely ridiculous, wild conspiracy theories, What happens is these people, you know, people go down the rabbit hole and I'll give you and I just wanted to take a step back because you and I often discuss and Misha as well, um, the power of social media it's such a great way to connect people you know if I have, if, if my fiance has a relative in China that she hasn't seen for 5 years she can do a zoom call or a, or a wechat and it's powerful in that way like it's it's really is a good tool for connecting people but the dark side is it's the algorithm so if you read a couple of right ultra ultra right wing or fake news articles you're going to see more and more of those fake news articles permeate and drive their way into your facebook feed and then what happens is if you don't you know, read the newspaper or read other sources of information and just rely on social media, you're, you're going to see completely unbalanced, if not fake news all the time in front of you, because the algorithm just keeps serving you what, what it knows that you like. Right. And by that, by extension, it, you start interacting with people on these forums or on social media who are like-minded. So if all these people are, a little bit out there and a little bit right wing. That's how you start. You know, they start talking to each other. They start these forums, and they go down this rabbit hole. So before I before I move on to comments? that's
1: exactly. Me? Um, I mean, you know, you have the ability to find like-minded people. You know, if you are sort of like the oddball in your small town, um, and you've got sort of these wacky ideas and everything like that, you can go onto social media, and you will find hundreds of thousands of people um, that think exactly like you. Um, I don't know if you ever saw, there was, there was this, um, there was this incident where um, like two twins who were separated at birth, um, you know, basically they got back together. One of them was, was completely insane, uh, totally psychotic. Um, And then when one of the twins got reunited with her, um, the other twin also went completely psychotic. Um, and basically, there's, there's this huge thing on, you know, lots of video online where, you know, these women are seen running into traffic and getting hit by vehicles, and, and they're just completely insane. And it's a really interesting example of how, like, you know, one person's psychology can affect another person's psychology. Oh, Totally. Tony. if you're completely insane and there's somebody else that's like maybe they're not completely insane but they're sitting on the edge it's like your way of thinking can almost like infect them it's like it's like a viral psychosis or something
0: well, like for that. sure man and I- it's like the dark side of when you hear things go viral. Usually it's like a funny skateboarding prank or you know someone doing a flip on a bike or or a cute cat or your baby said something dumb and that goes viral, right? But the but the flip side of that, for every nice fun thing that can go viral, these really dark conspiracy theories can go viral as well and it is dangerous. And I you know, while I I haven't heard about that specific example of the twin that you mentioned, I have heard of You know studies done around twins, and I can see how that would relate in here, because definitely, um, I think we both agree that. um, While social media again can be a wonderful tool it's what you're doing is you're 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 finding people that agree with you on things, even if they're wildly uh, just what these wild conspiracy theories that make no sense people will just get on the bandwagon and you you start to go down this rabbit hole because people are along for the ride with you that's the thing and i and i think you know 20 years ago this wouldn't have happened and i would argue that you know even though there's a lot you know even though that traditional media whether it's cbc or or ctv in canada or or global whatever or in the states you have uh, dare i say fox or cnn you know, even 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 some that are a little bit more extreme, like Fox, they're they're not as bad as some of these 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 fake news sites that you see on the fringe of the internet. And I would argue that back 20 years ago, again, even with the even with acknowledging that there's bias in these different news outlets, at that time it was only a one-way conversation. So you could sit down and watch your supper hour news, your 11 o'clock news, and you had a trusted anchor. Um, delivering the news to you. Now, again, there's going to be a bit of bias depending on who the advertisers are, who owns the the mother company. But for the most part, like, you're getting, you're getting facts of the day. You know, there was a tidal wave, there was a tsunami, there was a political protest, whatever. You're getting that fact, right? And it's a one-way street. It's it is information being being delivered out to you as a consumer, as a listener, as a viewer. But what's happened since the advent of social media is it's become a two-way street. And you have a lot of people who are not trained jur- journalists, who are not trained, you know, producers or writers or or any sort of news um. You know, professional. You know, baking up these fast, half-fast theories, and it's a it's a two-way conversation. And there's it's really is the one that
1: that uh, that the mainstream media has done an absolutely awful job of maintaining their integrity yeah. and maintaining the trust of the public. So more and more people are turning to sort of independent sources online uh, yeah. that that may be yeah even less verified. You yeah know, no like, it's pretty wild, and i agree man yeah, Like, and I, and I definitely
0: agree like the mainstream media is not infallible like there's a lot of flaws in the mainstream media the way that they uh report the news so i agree with you there and people have definitely you know started to lose faith in the mainstream media which is why they're turning to like huffington post or breitbart news or or the daily wire what a, what have you and that's when you that's when things start to get really dangerous because these are not news websites per se they are tools to advance people's political agendas um but i i I, before you know before we dive in any further and go down any more rabbit holes ourselves i did want to just go along the timeline a little bit more so we have this pizzagate fiasco of 2016 and this is around the time that hillary clinton's being beat up because she you know with the whole email fiasco where she had uh sent an email on a private server. And so basically what's happening is the media is beating up Hillary Clinton. There's this, you know, we're getting towards the end of the the federal election campaign. And and believe it or not, I remember having, I thought I woke up out of a bad dream. And I remember it was not a bad dream. I pinched myself. Donald Trump was sworn into office. Donald (laughs) Trump was sworn into office in January, 2017 um, as president of the United States.
1: Oh, what a great morning. Uh, that was such a yeah. morning.
0: <laughs> so, so what happens here? Um, this guy, I mean, I, you say what you want, Alex, I think mo- a lot of our listeners, not all of them, but most of them would agree that he's a psychopath, uh, and meets and ticks off most boxes of a psychopath, which makes him a, a great, um, Republican leader. No, I'm kidding. Um, anyways, so this guy is this total psychopath. And what happens is, you know, let's look where we came from. We had 4chan in 2003. We have Pizzagate, you know, having it start on 4chan. Pizzagate is disrupting this federal election. We have politics, you know, even Cambridge Analytica, all these political vehicles, all these, all these, all this social media, data analytics, all this shit, you know, Russia even intervening and interrupting this democratic process. All these different forces, external and internal forces, coming you know propagating through the internet to disrupt this federal election and what happens is this is the perfect breeding ground for these q these queues to uh to start their to start their um their agenda and so what happens with these q or these queues um is, is their offline and online presence begins um to gain traction it begins to grow and snowball and, and so you have people I, I think
1: we should start start with the beginning here so so like Q was something that a whole bunch of people sort of piled on to. Yeah. Um, originally, it was just one poster in the, um, in the 4chan uh, P.O.L. forum, which is short for politics or, or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so his his uh, his username was Q Clarence Patriot. And uh, basically, he was sort of releasing the, uh, posting these messages that were really cryptic, kind of coded language. Yeah. Uh, and it and it was, sort of intentionally vague, but with like little bits of information that that you could sort of grab onto, yeah. and you could, you could either uh, recognize certain things, or you could. Uh, start to attribute meaning to other things uh, without really understanding what what the message was in the first place. Um, so I'll just read a, a little excerpt here of his first post on the on the message board just to give people an idea of like, you know, what it was that people were sort of latching on to here. Um, so uh, the excerpt starts Uh, HRC extradition already in motion effective yesterday with several countries in case of cross-border run. Passport approved to be flagged effective 10-30 at 12.01 a.m. Expect massive riots organized in defiance and other fleeing the U.S. to occur. U.S. M's will conduct the operation while NG activated proof check, locate a NG member and ask if activated for duty 10 slash 30 across most major cities. Um, so yeah, that like, I don't know what any of that means, but like, you know, there's a lot of um, acronyms being used where you can like, you can sort of ass- like assign certain things to those acronyms and sort of, guess what they mean and everything. And this is the type of thing it's like, it's like throwing meat or candy to the dogs, you know, like, like they're just, they're just eating this stuff up (laughs) and everybody, and, and you know, like the name Q clearance Patriot, you know, it, it sort of suggests that this is somebody that has some sort of special clearance in the government and they have access to information. Um, and they're they're sort of uh, releasing it to the public uh, or leaking it to the public, um, so it's it's just uh, it it just put everybody in a froth and and you know obviously this post got up upvoted a lot and everybody's sort of piling onto it, sort of adding what what they think certain things mean and then just sort of and that's how it it really got out of control is like everybody's own conspiracy theories sort of got like merged into one Mm -hmm, big mm -hmm. conspiracy theory Mm -hmm. you know
0: yeah totally man and and i'm glad you touched on you know you are trying to disseminate some of this and you said it didn't really make a lot of sense. And people have talked about this coded language. They're looking for these codes in these different forums and these different chat groups, trying to, trying to you know, um, decipher these codes and figure out what they're really being told about, about the true dealings behind the government. And, and that's actually a perfect segue into what QAnon, amongst other things. I mean, and, and the thing is, don't forget these people, not only do they congregate online on systems like on, on discussion forums, like 4chan, um different discussion boards different you know social media posts whatever twitter but they also would congregate in real life and there was definitely a cult-ish or religious aspect to it and there was definitely sort of a, a, a christianity kind of all it was like a mix it's a kind of a mixture between like extreme christianity alt-right neo-nazi white supremacist mixed in with conspiracy sorry conspiracy theory mixed in with ultranationalism, like it's just all these like extreme things kind of like mesh together. And and one of their key um, conspiracy, I guess what I would say is like the core of their conspiracy theory amongst other crazy things is that uh, there is a cabal of satanic cannibalistic pedophiles. I'm gonna say that again. There was a cabal of satanic cannibalistic pedophiles who had penetrated the upper ranks of the uh, of the U.S. Um, government, the federal government, and supposedly, we you know, with with John, Donald Trump now in office, he was the, the the prophecy so so goes that he was going to save all of them. He was the savior, and so there's talk about um, basically that that Donald Trump that he was, was
1: waging a war against. Uh, these child sex trafficking uh, elites, hey, elites That's exactly,
0: the- and and the whole th- whole idea is that these these sex crazed satanic pedophiles had had infiltrated the government. Trump was going to run a sting operation and basically trying to save the day and save the world from ultimate doom and from these from these from this secret cabal of sex crave maniacs from taking over. And so there was talk about the storm, which was going to be this big. Um, you know, operation of all these people getting arrested who were high up in the government who are part of this, the secret cabal of pedophiles. So that was going to be the storm, then there was going to be the awakening and so there's all these like religious like all this religious symbolism um, in there there's a lot of like good versus evil rhetoric in there. Um, And so and so you start to see this thing blown up and like honestly. Donald Trump being president was such an opportunity for all these white supremacists, alternationalists, racists, all these anti-Semitic people, basically all the crazies on the alt-right. They kind of came out of the woodwork. I mean, they were
1: already starting to come out of the woodwork. You really think think that this wouldn't have happened, uh, you know, if Donald Trump wasn't elected?
0: I think that, I think either way, there would have been conspiracy theories online, but I think that Donald Trump just. I think by... this
1: is a, this is a phenomenon that that is trying to explain everything with one theory. Like, and, and they are trying to go back and explain the Kennedy assassination. Oh, for um, sure. You know, you know. So, so they are literally tacking on every single thing in the news and trying to fit it into this uh, strange narrative of yeah. theirs, in order in order to explain everything. So, oh, Donald totally. Trump. Had happens to be president at the time so so that's what that is if it was hillary clinton that was president at the time then she would have been you know um definitely part of this narrative even more so so she uh, was
0: part of the narrative with the pizzagate and that's and that's sort of where i talked about how you know between cambridge analytica russian bots um QAnon, pizzagate all these different things again whether it's from another country i.e the russians a data company like cambridge analytica um or or you know even in our own backyard like our friends in the south here in the united states running running this whole conspiracy theory cult of QAnon. all these things basically like disrupted our the democratic process of of electing a a president of the united states to the point where it, you know i would argue that it actually deeply corrupted the democratic process. Um, And now to answer your question, um, had Hillary won the election, and actually she did win the popular vote, she just didn't win the electoral college, um, which is, it's happened a couple times in the United States, and it's happened in Canada as well. I mean, we saw that in the last election with Trudeau, where technically Erwin O'Toole won the most votes, but the most ridings went to uh, went to the liberals, thus being elected again. So the same, so this very thing can happen in, in the United States. Right. And that's actually what happened to Hillary Clinton. So she was actually more popular, but Donald Trump, Trump slid in there. It was an upset. And I would argue that while there is merit to what you're saying, um, either way, the internet's gonna, the internet serves as a breeding ground for all these horrible conspiracy theories. Um, I think by Donald Trump being in the White House, it finally gave the the people on the fringes in these extreme belief systems the the confidence to come forward and empower themselves even more
1: well here's here's what happened with Donald Trump. Um, I mean if I don't know if you were ever uh, subscribed to his Twitter account or anything like that. Um, But basically, at like 6am every morning, he would rapid fire retweets. Um, He would retweet just about anyone that had anything positive to say about him at all. Right. So, so in doing that, he did retweet a lot of uh, QAnon uh, people that are just like well established QAnon people. Yeah. Uh, You know, maybe uh, that day they had something positive to say about about the president. Um, and he would just go ahead and retweet that. Yeah. And of course, like the news would just go nuts when they find out, yeah. oh, he's, re- he's retweeting this like extreme, um, you know, group. There, and then on the other hand, I don't like, I don't think he did any favors by not uh, actively trying to disassociate from this group. Oh, for sure, man, for sure. But here, here's the thing about Donald Trump, anybody know uh, that knows anything about Donald Trump's strategy, it, it can be summed up in, in one sentence, attack, 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 never defend, right? And And that in a way is his weakness because on the one hand, that's the strategy that got him into office, However, he intentionally, whenever someone says, "Oh, um, you know, uh, QAnon, uh, you know, thinks that you are like this, you know, the savior, and that you're you're fighting on their behalf," you know, is that true? Um, he would purposely not uh, address the question and would yeah. purposely like leave leave that open. Right. And, and of course that is, is just like, it just adds fuel to the fire. Oh, for
0: sure, man, for sure. And, and, yeah. and, and whether, you know, no matter how you interpret all these things, cause there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot of forums. There's a lot of ultra, you know, alt-right websites out there. There's a lot of false news networks, all that stuff. There's, there's a lot of content that we have to unpack here and we're not going to get through it all tonight, but I think what we can agree with is that, you know, while he may have not have been a conspiracy theorist or a white supremacist or a national, uh, sorry, ultra-nationalist himself specifically, he didn't do anything to like stop the people who believed in him, who were on the fringes, who like basically supported him. And basically, um, I th- the way that I would like sum it up would be like, again, like he, even though he like you know, had to have gotten pretty close to winning the popular vote. I mean, you have to get pretty close to winning the popular vote in order to get elected, even if you don't win the popular vote.
1: He, had, he, had,
0: he had the respect of a lot of, like, quote-unquote, normal people who supported him, but he also had the respect of all those people on the fringe. Again, those are the Richard, you know, people like Richard Spencer, who was, like, basically a neo-Nazi, the Proud Boys, um, the QAnon followers, um, you know, all these people on the fringes, kind of like... They were kind of his cheerleader. They were his cheerleader. They thought that he was going to be their savior. And I remember one of the press conferences he was at, um, they asked him about this and he goes, well, you know, if people like me, that's probably a good thing. And if they think I'm going to save the world, then, well, there's nothing wrong with that. And he basically took this, this, you know, this press about, you know, coming from QAnon, all these all these crazy stories about QAnon and, 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 and a journalist calling him out on it. And you turned it around to being a good thing about how okay it's fine if i save the world you know
1: i thought that, that was hilarious he's like uh well i think you know i can agree that um you know uh, pedophilia is bad and i you know i'm, I'm against pedophilia <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's, like, it's like that was not the question
0: <laughs> yeah no he's very he was always great like most politicians um, at dodging questions and then just having his own narrative. So I think we can agree on that. So I, I think we can see like what was happening here that he was basically just fueling the fire of this crazy. I mean, in the United States in the last five or six years, there's been so much divisive politics. Like I've mentioned, we've talked about it on the show time and time again, these polarized pop politics. We've never seen Americans so divided. And, and, a, and a perfect instance, you know, putting a tr- putting um this all this satanic cult stuff aside for a second um l- the pandemic has be- has been a very you know epic example a very very clear example of divisive politics and people fighting for their rights not to wear a mask and all that sort of stuff and now i know you and i have slightly different views on people's freedoms you know people's freedom of their body versus you know complying with the government to for the better good and wearing a mask but what you know
1: my body, I think, my choice. Yeah. Part of me. My body, my choice. And, yeah. and fair
0: enough. And I'm not gonna, I, I don't want to turn this into like a big argument about my body, my choice, because you I you and I have distinctly said like that we have different um views on this. But what what I will how I will tie it back to QAnon is that in addition to all the other things you mentioned about you know tying all these major conspiracy theories together into one string of of conspiracy theories or a master conspiracy theory among that was the fact that the pandemic is a hoax what do you think about that
1: i don't remember that being a big part of the the q theory is that is that true or maybe oh, that's totally. Maybe, totally, maybe totally. so i was okay. i
0: was i was um watching quite a bit of media reading quite a quite a few um articles on this and in addition to the whole PizzaGate satanic cult stuff One of the, you know, one belief was that, you know, this, these conspiracy theories, all this shit dates back again, like you mentioned, to the assassination of JFK. That was one route that these people went, and that, you know, the JFK assassination goes deeper than what you've heard in the history books. Additionally, there was one guy
1: who. Which is absolutely true. I mean, there's that is without question. I mean, the JFK thing is what started all of these people down this road yeah. you know so in the 60s the president of the united states was with, undoubtedly assassinated by the cia and the official narrative is like oh no it was just a lone gunman he was a communist um, who just had it out for the president you know and then of course like they bring this guy into custody and then they, and like he said one thing, he's like, "I'm a patsy, I'm a patsy," and then somebody shoots him, kills him, so that he can't be a witness to to what happened. Well, problem um, solved, you know, guys. It was, so, it was so. What what I'm trying to say is is, is that the seeds of doubt uh, in the American um, in the establishment in Washington were planted a very very long time ago. And that's how you're getting all these people that just do not trust anything that the government sends their way, including, you know, uh, uh, directions on how to behave during a worldwide pandemic. Um, you know, it's not so surprising when people just flat out refuse to believe anything that the American government has to say about anything.
0: Well, Alex, thank you so much for clarifying the assassination of JFK. That's the uh, lockdown load on for tonight. Thank you for listening. I mean, that, that's all I have to say. No, I'm kidding. No, seriously, man, I, I, um, I didn't want to go down the JFK route because I'm not as like eligible. As
1: I, th- I think it's relevant. I think it's really relevant because, you know that's what sort of started a chain reaction. And that's why there's a very different psychology um, of sort of, of people in a place like Canada or other places in the world and people in the United States. In the United States, there's always this underlying uh, conspiracy theorist um, culture. Yeah, everybody's convinced that there's, you know, UFOs and Area 51. Like, when's the last time you heard a Canadian seriously talk about UFOs? This is like, true. This is true. No, you know, and Canadians don't care about that stuff nearly as much as Americans do because they had. This very traumatic incident of seeing their president assassinated by the CIA and deli- clearly and deliberately covered up—that's how you get all these these crazy conspiracy theories. And you know, when you think about it from that perspective, there—it's really not that crazy to think that there is some shady stuff going on behind the scenes. No, because it's proven to be true in the past.
0: As much as I want to entertain some further. Uh, theories that you're bringing to light here, or that you're bringing up, do you? I have to ask you, like face to face, eye to eye, right now. Do you actually think that there's more to the JFK than than meets the eye? A hundred percent.
1: Actually, 100%. dude, have you have you watched JF, uh, the JFK movie by um, fucking what's his name, famous director Oliver Stone?
0: No, I have not.
1: Oh God! Okay, you got to watch that before we can even engage in a in a serious discussion about this. You got to at least do a little bit of research I, on it. I'm kind of uh, wondering
0: but, if you've been uh, I don't know if you've been hanging around the the wrong people, or if maybe prior to the to brought prior to the birth of your firstborn daughter, maybe this, you had a little bit of extra time in your hands to go down these, not, these forums. And not,
1: I, I should let you know that this is not a crazy conspiracy theory. This is a relatively mainstream. Uh, reality that uh, <laughs> like i know you're you're you are sort of associating this with Q and stuff like that but this is very different from that like seriously like you you have to do your own research we'll okay. come back okay. but we'll, we'll do a proper okay. jk podcast which would be a lot of fun for sure uh, so i've we'll on this one I, yeah uh, what i do want to get into is uh, jeffrey epstein right so so like again earlier i was saying how like there's like these little nuggets of truth that it's almost like blood in the water that just sort of gets, the, gets the, uh, the sharks all riled up. You know, Jeffrey Epstein is a perfect example of that where, you know, like there's this theory that there's these super powerful elites, um, you know, that are, that are uh, you know, operating a pedophile ring, you know, behind closed doors. All of a sudden the Jeffrey Epstein scandal blows up and there's this guy, this multi-billion uh, billion dollar man who owns a island in the middle of the Pacific or something like that, where he's actually bringing former presidents and um, all kinds of scientific elite, other political, um, uh, powerful political people uh, to this island. Um, you know, Prince Andrew is, like, dead to rights on, on uh, you know, basically sleeping with, a, with an underage uh, woman, uh, girl at the time. And, uh, yeah, so you actually have these really weird things coming to light that are just adding fuel to the fire again. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's that little bit of truth that just yeah. sort of makes people just go wild. Even further.
0: No, totally. Totally, man, and I'm glad that I have someone on here who's gonna cast a little bit of doubt because I'm one of those people like, I don't believe in the US government wholeheartedly. Like definitely, I think there's some shady things that have happened behind the scenes. Like um, to this day, I question the full extent about if if whether or not Bush knew in advance about anything that was happening on 9-11. So there's definitely even some conspiracy, conspiracy theories that I may may or may not like buy a little tiny bit into. And I and I and I respect the fact that you're calling out some real life events that shady, um, secretive events that happen behind closed doors, uh, you know, seek, you know, very um in very secluded areas, you know, away from mainstream society with these rich elites. Like, I don't doubt that, like, and I know for a fact that like some shady shit has happened, especially when you have that kind of power, you can get away with a lot. So I don't want to dismiss what you're saying. What I do wanna say is that I think QAnon takes it to like the nth level. Like it just takes all these things that you're talking about and just multiplies it to, to the to the power of insanity. It is just absolutely insane. So again, <laughs> putting aside maybe, okay, let's,
1: let's put, let's put- um, Okay, okay. Hold, hold on a second though. But don't you think that that is insane that Jeffrey Epstein killed himself? with no working cameras, he's on suicide watch. Both of the guards were asleep. The cameras aren't working. He, he quote unquote kills himself. It's like, doesn't it, doesn't it kind of point towards, yeah, you know, maybe there are some powerful people that, that again, the, the theory is that where he got all of his money from, he was blackmailing powerful people Ah, uh, by videotaping them having sex with underage girls, um, and then this guy just like kills himself while he's on suicide watch. Yeah, and there's like this big hole in the security that that's yeah. supposed to prevent that. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I I think that I agree with what you're saying. Like there, there is this vast um, uh, sort of summary of. The entire world's events that are tried, that they've tried to um, uh, explain with this huge uh, conspiracy theory. But I believe that there are parts of that that uh, conspiracy theory that are maybe grounded in a bit of reality. And there may be something very seriously wrong going, going on behind the scenes. Sure. Just not to the extent where Donald Trump is like this this superhero that's that's fighting the the evil aliens or something like that yeah Yeah.
0: totally man And, and and again i just want to reiterate that I don't have blind faith in the Canadian government or the American government or whatever government. Like I think it's I think it's 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 a good practice to to question the media, to question what's being reported on TV, to question CBC in the way that they portray you know Justin Trudeau, or to to question Fox News or CNN and how they portray Trump or Clinton or or you know all this sort of stuff. So I I I think definitely you have to live. You have to live your life with a little tiny doubt in the back of your mind and not just, you know, um, wholeheartedly just, a, 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 you know, agree and comply with everything that's in front of you because that I think that's the definition of sheep, right? If you are if you believe everything that the government or the media feeds uh, feeds to you, you're a sheep. And so I applaud you for having a little bit of doubt and kind of looking into this Jeffrey Epstein thing, admittedly, I don't know a whole lot about that. So I I cannot really discuss and comment on it. Not because I don't believe you, just because I don't have the background that you do. Um, But what I will say, I think we can agree is that there, it's very, 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 very unlikely that there is a satanic pedophile group of cannibals who are you know, running the show within the deeper ranks, the higher ranks of the U.S. government and planning and, 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 and that Donald Trump, even though he has officially, you know, parted ways with the White House almost a year ago um, to this date, um, you know, that there's going to be this storm, this awakening, this 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 um, narrative of, of good versus evil is going to come into the, you know, and become reality. Like all this stuff is absolutely wild. The fact that you know, people to this day believe that the conspiracy is a hoax, um, I think is absolutely wild. Like if you told, and, I, and you and I have talked about this and in, in previous um, podcasts, I've had this conversation, you know, I have a friend, sorry, um, a cousin who's a nurse, um, her mother, my aunt, a retired nurse who was training other nurses, right? Um, had She's had to deal with the, the pandemic firsthand um probably watched people die um because of this pandemic you know um even my wedding my wedding is coming up in a couple of days um and you know even my i think i think what made the 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 pandemic hit home for me was the fact that my cousin and, and my aunt and my uncle cannot attend my wedding because my cousin was in contact with someone who was potentially positive for covid-19 that's just one example um you know I've had people at work at my former, at my former employer who they said that for a couple of days, they could not taste or smell. They're not making that up. That is not, you know, no one would ever make that shit up. COVID is real. And if anyone thinks that COVID-19 is not real, is absolutely bonkers. Now there's now we could get into a vaccine conversation or, or, you know, you and I, we could get into the whole conversation around, oh, you and I are, it would just be like a cold for for us because we're, you know, we're strong and we have good immune systems. I don't want to have that tonight. That's a whole other podcast. I think, I think the point I'm trying to make here, Alex and, and, you know, chime in if you disagree, but anyone who's part of this Q QAnon group who thinks that COVID is a hoax, um, not only are they wildly delusional, but I would almost argue that thinking like that, especially on mass is dangerous to society. What say you?
1: Um, I would say that it is dangerous to assume that every single thing you hear is a lie. Uh, you know, obviously you have to, uh, you know, try to use your best judgment, um, you know, but the, the, the interesting thing about all this is that, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, trust the science, you know, trust the science. It's like, okay, do you have science in your living room that you can just like do an experiment or something like that and you have access to that science? You don't have access to science. You have access to people who can tell you about the science, right? So like it's, it's difficult because ultimately what we're telling people to do is trust the authoritative sources um, that are telling them everything and you know like for reasons that I've already explained it's it's difficult for people to do that um, you can't expect everybody to just follow along with everything that's being told to them um, I, I think you're right like I mean there are there are some people that have had first-hand experiences with it uh, but the vast majority of people, are just being told what they hear in the news. And they're also being told a whole bunch of false, uh, you know, Russia Russiagate stuff in the news mm-hmm. as well, which, which turned out to be totally bogus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's like, it, it, it's, it's almost kind of understandable. I don't think it's, you know, fair to the people that have had relatives pass away Um, it's, you know, certainly not fair to the frontline workers that, you know, that know all too well that this, this thing does exist. Um, but in a weird, morbid kind of way, it's kind of understandable why not everybody's buying into it hook, line and sinker.
0: And, and, and I understand, and I understand, I mean, I feel like we might start going in circles here, but, um, just to wrap this up, because I want to jump ahead to the to January 2021 but before we get on to our next part of the timeline here I I just you know I want to say again I have heard about this firsthand I have never been infected Um, but again I know people who have been I've had repercussions on my wedding not only once but twice I've had people uh, you know calling sick for like a good week because they have just been paralyzed on the couch Um, even a friend of a friend like his brother was was double vaccinated even then after having a vaccination I guess he got like a different variant maybe Omicron or something like that he was dead on the couch pretty much and so I, I, I and so uh, that all said I understand that again we need to question I mean every source of every media outlet has bias um, it comes down to what upper management's agenda is it comes down to how the how the ad, advertisers influence I mean it's all about ratings right so so things like Fox News, or CNN on the polar opposite, or, or in Canada, you have like the, the CBC, CTV, global, whatever, they all, they're all slaves to ratings and to the advertisers and to upper management and to whatever, whoever's, you know, pulling the strings, they have an agenda and these outlets, you know, while they do try to, you know, present the news, there's always going to be bias. We can agree on that. Um, I think where I kind of have to, you know, make a final comment here is that there is there is nothing good, like having having businesses shut down restaurants, my fiance's nail salon, um, the lady beside my fiance who's a who's a um, a hairstylist in, in the same plaza, shutting down all these businesses, having all these people out of work, whether you're a barista, or a server, or a hairstylist, all these people who are either out of a job, their businesses are suffering, um, people are missing um, fairly important surgeries because the, the medical system is clogged up with, with these ICU beds being filled to capacity with with people in, in in terrible condition on ventilators. I don't think that there's any way that the government of Ontario lying about that or exaggerating that that it would benefit them. Like it does not benefit the, the government of Ontario to shut down all these businesses or to clog up the system
1: right like there's no better. I mean if you' if you like you can make reasonable predictions um, you know based on whether or not you can follow the money and clearly there is no financial incentive um, to shutting down the entire econ- economy um, you know like nobody has come out on top financially because of this so yeah. that should kind of tell you something,
0: yeah, yeah, no, totally man. So I think we can agree that while I mean, we may have to examine except Amazon,
1: but- except for Amazon. except
0: for Amazon, Jeff Bezos, just. You
1: know Amazon sends packages all around the world. Is it possible that the cardboard is laced with some sort of uh, coronavirus, and that's how it spreads so quickly? throughout the world, and Amazon made more money than anybody during the pandemic.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, your latest QAnon uh, team member, Alex Pope here, just ready to give up his mainstream beliefs and become part of the QAnon conspiracy theory. Uh, No, but but in all seriousness, this, this though, yeah, obviously Amazon, did profit because every no people there's definitely a decline in going to the big box stores i mean a a lot of big box stores were all out closed small businesses were closed for a good couple months earlier on and you could only get essential things like go to the grocery store whatever so definitely some people gained i mean anyone who makes masks definitely anyone or or even I, i think there was a guy who i used to work with who actually invested in the stock market and he would actually invest in like the the companies that made medical supplies like PPE equipment and he got gains right so there definitely was money to be made off off of the off of the pandemic depending what industry you're in for sure um but i think that we can all agree that either within ontario or if you look at canada at large um the economy was absolutely crippled if you walk up young street at young and eglinton it, there's a lot of uh, boarded up doors a lot of businesses that have gone under restaurants that have been around for 50 plus years have said goodbye um and and basically the entire um canadian government uh, canadian economy has been um crushed and we're actually almost a tr- if not more than a trillion dollars in debt and our gdp's you know looking worse than it, uh, you know at, at a point where it looks it, it's it's as bad as it's been in in 20 plus years right like the gdp is just Sorry, not the GDP. Sorry, the um, inflation, 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 as well as basically our deficit is just horrendous. And so I don't think there's any way there's any reason that the government would like all out create this hoax um, about about uh, COVID. But um, I I do want to move on. And I and I do want to I don't want to say wrap things up, but I do want to get to the last point here which is January 21, so uh, January 2021, excuse me. So we just had Trump in office and we have the, he's basically by having inaction, by not taking any positive action to to um, crack down on this cons- on these conspiracy theorists and these right-wing nuts, um, you know, this thing, it, it snowballed, this QAnon thing, snowballs, 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 and it becomes bigger and bigger. And, and I would I would argue that the apex, the, the culmination, the 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 climax of all of this was the Capitol building riots in January of this year, 2021. Um, you know, Biden had clearly won the election. He was about to get sworn in very, very soon. Uh, and what happens is you have these this absolutely horrendous excuse me, mob of Trump supporters. Now, not all of them were QAnon. I want to make clear not all of them were QAnon, but the head of this this QAnon shaman um, who was arguably very mentally ill at least that that's his, what his defense was. He uh, this guy's names uh, sorry this guy's name is Jacob Chansley, and again he's like the the face of QAnon at this point, wearing his like just flamboyant like I don't even know what it was like a like American flag and like these giant like antlers or whatever like he's just like he's all in He is all in and so what happens what happens, you look
1: at that guy and you really have to ask yourself is this guy a serious conspiracy theorist or is he just having the time of his life having a time and he, of his life he, he made a bad mistake and now he's behind well i bars. think i think
0: i i think part of it's that he's like he has some mental illness problems but anyways i digress what i'm trying to get to here is that in january 2021 january of this year Um, The Capitol building in Washington was overcome by a mob of Trump supporters, um, a few of which happened to be QAnon and you have this Jacob Chansley guy who is the face of this quasi sort of revolution they're trying to, you know, uh, they're basically, you know, more than I was going to say imply but they're basically demanding um, that, uh, that they that they keep um, um, Donald Trump in office and that and that uh, Biden, you know, actually didn't win the electoral college vote and that there was corruption. It
1: was a shady, was a shady election. There's no question. I mean, we, we could do a whole other podcast just on, just on that. Um, but yeah, it, it was a shady election. I appreciate you at least calling it a, a protest, you know, rather than an insurrection. Cause like, how is this an insurrection? You know, obviously, these people, uh, you know, were, you know, whipped up into a frenzy and everything like that, but an insurrection that implies that they're actually trying to take over the United States capital and trying to actually take over well, uh, you know, these guys got let in the front door pretty easily as far as I can tell from the videos that I've seen, they basically open the front doors and let them in. Um, it's not entirely unheard of, you know, like there was plenty of stories throughout, um, uh, you know, the, the previous four years where, where protesters from both sides, left and right, were, were getting into the Capitol building and protesting in the hallways and, and harassing uh, Congress people in the hallways and stuff like that. So like, you know, acting like this is, this is like the citadel of the United States and they, they you know, launched this massive assault and they got in the front doors after a huge, huge fight. Um, it's just not accurate. It's not true. Well, um, I think, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's, We could debate this whole thing all night, and (laughs) I I don't know. We'll 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 do another podcast about the definitely man,
0: definitely, definitely. Um, I and and what I want to do is I want to circle back to what you and I had agreed on earlier. Is that depending on what media you watch, especially now focusing in on say the mainstream media, on the recognized media, um, depending on how you cut that footage. And which outlet you're watching the footage on and how their editors have looked at it. One could argue that they simply marched into the Capitol building in order to fight for their beliefs. The footage that I watched while there was a little bit of okay let me just walk through this door there was a lot of people breaking windows and and finding alternate entrances to this place and you cannot dispute that while some of them may or may not have walked in through the front doors with little to no resistance. Or security guards that maybe weren't up for the task of actually defending the capital capital building to the extent that they maybe should have. Um, I would argue that there was a lot of broken windows in the footage that I uh,
1: watched. There was a lot of anger in the in the footage that I people, watched. People were upset, and and I know when when you look at it from the perspective of the uh, mainstream media that that it's it's completely irrational um anger that this crowd is experiencing but you know the reality is is like the like both sides did not agree to the rules to the game um and you know like everybody knows that uh, mail-in voting was was sort of shoehorned into this election like it was and and uh, both sides did not agree to mail-in voting <clears throat> obviously because of the pandemic it was it was seen as justified that they could they could force this to happen in certain states and and you know lo and behold the election swung in the not even the final moments like the next 2 or 3 days those mail in votes kept coming in afterwards and there was all these news reports about you know, people stuffing stuffing ballots and going door to door and harvesting ballots. Um, there was a lot of shady stuff in the election, and I'm not saying that that you know it was enough to swing to swing the election. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but there there certainly has never been any uh, proper audit of the election to see what exactly happened. And what became clear as soon as this happened is that. The American election system is not auditable. Like you, you can't audit it because once those votes are cast, once those votes are counted, they're gone. You can't go back and actually see. Oh, did my vote actually get counted? And coming, and I feel very fortunate to live in a place like Canada where we have like we have um, uh, elections, Canada where every single province votes the exact same way through Mm -hmm. the exact Mm -hmm. same uh, organization. Um, It's not like British Columbia has a different way of collecting their ballot Mm -hmm. or something like that. In the Mm -hmm. United States, it's this weird patchwork where the states, the individual states, have the ability to uh, make fairly substantial uh, impacts on how Uh, votes are collected Mm -hmm. and ballots are distributed and everything like that from one state to the next it varies like an extreme amount where Mm -hmm. the people in uh, states like you know you know texas or um you know nevada like they feel they feel like they're not um they don't have a say in how people are voting in in wisconsin yeah yeah, Uh, yeah You know, and it, and it's so I think that the the anger and the frustration um, was understandable obviously there's never a good excuse to uh, to break the law and to um, you know to trespass on on uh, you know government property and, and that type of thing but you know, like this this whole idea that, oh, it's just this angry mob of, <laughs> you know, it's like they're, they're just bitter losers clinging to their guns and their God, you know. It's like, not really. I mean, there was some legitimate questions that yeah. people yeah. had about this election that never even got attempted uh, to get answered.
0: Now, what I'm going to jump in and say is, I acknowledge what you're saying. And we've seen this in the States, especially in the States, not so much as Canada as to your point, because we, we do have that unification through, that unification of process, that consistent process through election Canada. And I feel like, like yourself, uh, I feel very secure when I vote and I feel that my vote is not being tampered with. And I feel that when I fold that piece of paper, you know, and, and remove the piece of paper that's covering the little slot, throw it in and then put the paper back, I feel like very, like it's a very secure system. And I feel very like in Canada, to your point, I feel very um, like the results that we see are legitimate. And I, and I will acknowledge the fact that this is not, you know, not only was there a little bit of doubt, not a little bit, there was quite a lot of doubt in this election, maybe for good reason. And this was not the first time. I mean, we've had this, we had this correct me if I'm wrong, but did we not have this happen with Bush as well? With Bush, yeah. and so there, I feel like whenever there's like, uh, you know, um, whenever a Republican, when 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 a Republican is about to lose the presidency, there's always, oh, let's do a recount, let's do a recount, and 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 I understand that people no, want no, to hold on a
1: second. This was not the Republicans that wanted to change the rules last minute because of the pandemic. I mean, I think I think what you're what you're pointing out here. Is here's an example in the George Bush example where there was some shady stuff going on on the right the right side of the aisle, and then this time around I think we almost certainly saw some shady stuff going on on the left side of the aisle. No, um, okay, yeah. sorry. Uh, I, was, I don't think it's fair to say oh, whenever it's a Republican, it's a fucked up. Let's election. be real, <laughs>
0: like what I, I think when I, I remember when I've been following the news, like it's typically. It's it's correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misquoting something. So you know if I'm completely lying, like keep me honest. But usually it's like the Republicans that want to keep their their presidency, and they oh well, we need a recount, we need a recount. Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Uh, well, here's the thing. My my prediction before this election happened was whoever loses this election is going to be crying about election fraud for the next four years. Fair enough. Um, if it was the uh, Democrats that lost this election, they were all queued up, ready to go. They had this narrative that that Trump was trying to uh, to tamper with with the election as well. Yeah. Uh, so so it didn't matter who lost. Whoever the losing side was going to be was going to complain about election fraud. Yeah totally yeah. man
0: and honestly we could uh, like you said we could do a whole other podcast cuz i agree with the sentiment of what you're saying i don't necessarily agree with every single point that you're making but i agree i agree with the overarching um point that you're making generally speaking that especially in the states there's always like a little doubt whether it's a big doubt or a little doubt there's always a little like there's always somewhat of a doubt around how legitimate these these election results are again. It could be the you know in if whether it's in favor of the Democrats or the Republicans, there is that doubt there in the back of your mind that okay maybe something shady happened behind the scenes here. Yeah. Definitely, definitely Canada is a is a much more secure system for voting. So let's let's end that there. Um, what I will say is that it goes back to my original thesis that I had mentioned when we did our sort of examination of the woke left. Is that I feel like when you get to the extremes, I'll, I'm always going to say that the alt right is more dangerous than the alter, than the radical left, but the radical left is dangerous. No, no, no. Let me, let me, let me, let me go ahead. So, so let me, let me finish. So, the I would say that because of their ideals, the idea of of you know even even in 2020, um, 90 years after after Hitler came into power, there are still people out there who be, in, even in the states that believe in white supremacy. Anti-Semitism, um, ultra nationalism, um, cleansing the you know cleansing the ethnic state, whatever it's called, and so there are still people that believe in these things. And so I would say, from an ideology point of view, from a from a philosophical political ideology point of view, that the alt right is extremely dangerous. They are, I would say, they're almost. They, I understand why some people have have categorized these these organizations as terrorist organizations, um, because there's a lot of extreme ideologies out there. But I would also say on the flip side, and this is why I consider myself to be a centrist or a moderate and not a leftist, is that people like, you know, groups like Antifa, even though that they even though they mean well, these anti-fascist groups, even though in their core, they have good intentions. The use of violence is still there, and so what you're seeing in these extreme cases, whether it's the alt right or members of the alt right mob, sort of sort of storming the Capitol, or you know people destroying property as part of uh, you know anti fascist movement, what you see on these extremes with this devised, polarized politics in the states is violence on either side. Would you agree, at least agree with that?
1: um i w- i would generally agree with that uh you know stalin killed a lot more people than hitler <laughs> this,
0: right? is, true. this so, is true so
1: let, let, let me just say that uh you know like both both sides have the potential to be taken to their absolute extreme yeah and uh and it can be you know very devastating when you see these I- ideologies through um you know, in in their most extreme way. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think in a way I agree with you, but on the other hand, like you know, saying that the alt right is more dangerous than the alt left, uh, you know, it's it's like what you had said before, where you know this is it it operates more, you know, it's it's more like a political circle than it is a, yeah. a political yeah. spectrum. Um, you know, it all sort of goes to like the more extreme you are the more dangerous you are and there there really seems to be no limit to that so generally extremism is bad and it and it doesn't matter uh, you know what your political ideology is
0: that's fair and I, and I and you know we're revisiting the analogy or the analysis that you gave us again a couple episodes ago when we did the socialist episode, like kind of talking about the woke left and kind of criticizing socialism, the idea of the continuum. So I, I can buy into that. Um, and I don't want to like, I mean, let's just agree that even though, even though I think that the alt-right is extremely dangerous and a little bit more dangerous than the, alt, the alt-left, the alt I think we are both seeing at least again, at the, the main, the main sort of point here that we're both sort of agreeing on is that the more extreme you get, the more dangerous you get. And that's when we tend to see um, violence. We tend to see violence happening in protests. I mean, you can have a peaceful protest. You can have a very like a sit-in protest where you're not doing anything physical. You're just sitting there occupying a space and and, and trying to make a political point by basically um, not doing a whole lot other than just being there, holding a sign, whatever you happen to be doing. It's when violence gets intertwined that it becomes dangerous. And I think Trump, was was um, very good at doing nothing. That was that was the key thing is that he didn't do much to stop it. And and so uh, you know, Trump aside, what I do, although I do have to say that Trump was a, you know having him in office was kind of like the fuel and the fire. Like I think all this Capitol building nonsense, this riot, you know, even even to a certain extent, the QAnon. I don't know if it if it would have gotten up to the same level. That it did if he wasn't involved in U.S. politics.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's a fair criticism of Trump. Uh, most of the most of your criticisms of Trump are not fair, but but this one I will give that to you. He he chronically does not do enough to stop uh, you know the more extreme people in the party, um, or or to slow them down or or to sort of you know, it's, it's a failing of his strategy. You know, it it happens to be the strategy that that proved to be effective enough to win him the presidency. Um, But it it obviously has its failings as well. You know, at a certain point, you do have to, uh, you know, admit um, defeat, and you have to defend, uh, defend your beliefs and things like that. Uh, Otherwise, you are um, encouraging people uh, that shouldn't be encouraged.
0: Well, yeah, and I, and I think that you kind of touched on something there that I was going to say is that I, it's, it's, it's dangerous to do nothing. And I don't think that's just a President Trump thing. I think if you see someone mugging someone on the street, or if there's a, something violent happening on the street and you just stand there and watch, I wouldn't say you're as guilty as the perpetrator, but you're still somewhat guilty. Everyone, most people have a smartphone, like how difficult is it for you to call 911 and say, listen, at uh, Dundas and Sherborne, there's a shooting about to happen, or I see a guy with a baseball bat coming up behind, like, if you don't do anything to intervene and stop a violent situation or stop an inter- insurrection or stop a violent protest, you're almost as bad as the person who's uh, starting the protest
1: themselves. Yeah, Absolutely. And so, so now that, that being said, it is it is glossed over quite frequently that, that Donald Trump did like one. I think his final tweet or one of his final tweets, uh, you know, did uh, come in the form of a message to um, to the protesters saying, go to the go to the Capitol, don't be violent, go to the Capitol, don't be violent. I believe I you'd have to fact check me on that but I believe yeah. it was either his last tweet or his second last tweet or something like that and that's something you never hear in you never hear that.
0: And yeah I, and while I do I do recall you saying that when we did our socialism episode that's like one little tweet amongst how many other tweets that he said that have could have caused world war 3. I mean the stuff this guy has done on Twitter I won't even go there because it's just you know, Donald Trump in front of Twitter is like a young child who has a detonator to a to a piece of dynamite in his hands and he thinks it's a toy. <laughs> I know that's a terrible analogy, but imagine imagine giving your little daughter um a little red button. she thinks it's like a little toy to play with, but it's actually a, a detonator for a bomb. that's that's okay. what Donald Trump is
1: with Twitter yeah, I, I, I mean. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I find it hard to believe that a child could could run a, a multi-billion dollar international company. But um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it just depends on your, your <laughs> perspective of, of the psyche of Donald Trump. I don't think anybody fully understands him, but um, I don't know that you're giving him as, as much credit as, as he deserves. I mean, he's not an idiot, you know.
0: No, he's not an idiot. I just think he's a psychopath. There's a lot of, there's a lot of executives who are really, really smart. And they're running these fortune 500 companies and these banks and these oil companies, this and that, and they're super smart and they, and they know how to run an empire. They know how they're financially, you know, they know how to run finances, blah, 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 but there's still politics,
1: politics does tend to attract psychopaths. That's for yeah, sure.
0: So I think we can agree on that. And there's just one other point before I wrap up that I. You know, I'm going to bring it back just briefly to Jacob Chansley because I think he was in a perfect storm. Not only this Jacob Chansley was, yes, he went down the rabbit hole. He was the face of QAnon. He was the face of these protesters, the lead, arguably the lead protester at this Capitol building riot, which I would argue is the apex, the climax of, um, the, you know of this QAnon movement. I mean, QAnon still exists, but this was like the climax. And and here's Jacob Chansley um, at at the in the as the face of this thing. Um, you know, and, and unfortunately, one of the things that his his defense attorney said, and you know, is that he took responsibility for it um, during the trial, and he he owned up to what he did. And unfortunately, there was a little bit of like mental illness. Built into this as well. So I have to question like the mental state of some of these like conspiracy theorists, especially the ones who are like all in down the rabbit hole with QAnon. And I would argue if I had to like sum this all up, you know, that the that the social media companies have to own the fact that fake news propagates and and worms its way through their algorithms and their posts and their media. I'm talking Facebook, I'm talking Twitter. Um, you know, there there's the existence. So that's you know, social media is one
1: element. You're arguing. You're arguing for more censorship. Is that what you're arguing? For?
0: Let me finish. So I in a, in a in a in a in a bit of I guess if you had to go that to, you know route with this discussion, yes, I am talking about a little bit more censorship. But let me finish. So I think one aspect, and I'll let, I'll give you time to rebuttal at the end for sure. Um, so I would say in you know if I had to close up this discussion and summarize it one aspect of this, of this, you know, craziness that was queuing on and the capital you know, culminating with the Capitol building riots was, you know, social media snowballing out of control. And it's, you know, social media is bigger than Jack Dorsey and bigger than Mark Zuckerberg. Like it's just gone out of control um, to the point where I don't think anyone can control it. It takes a lot to rein in the, all these, all these crazy posts on, on social media. Um, additionally, you have, Sort of these fake news websites or these like alt right and alt left websites, and, a, and an example of an alt right one would be like the Daily Wire or Breitbart or something like that. So, you have these like sort of alt right, um, fake news sort of publications that are just um vehicles for these people to sort of um spew their rhetoric and their propaganda. So, that's one item. Another item, you know, here is that we have people spending a lot of time in front of the computer during the pandemic, a lot of time on social media, and a lot of these people, you know, to a certain extent, there is some mental illness in here. So I'm going I'm to argue that social media, news outlets, the mainstream media, Donald Trump on Twitter, mixed all in with some just people who are not right in the head and have some mental illness, um, all of this came together with the culmination of the Capitol building riots and the, and the culmination of QAnon. Um, what do you have to say about my, uh, my, the- my thesis here?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I disagree with you on so many different points, but I, I, I think your ultimate plan is that the whole world, your, your ultimate point is that the whole world is all fucked up and that I can agree on. And I, and I don't see any signs of it getting better. I don't, I don't see any, any, um, any way that we're going to become less polarized. Um, If if anything, I've seen it sort of bleeding, bleeding over into, into our country, Canada. Yeah, Uh, I I see it becoming more and more uh, polarized up here. Um, You know, it it used to be sort of like separate, uh, but I don't know, I mean, it's, it's not headed in a good direction. Um, and it, I do find it, it disturbing that the only country that really seems to have it under control, social media under control is China. Um, and they are, you know, essentially they're operating a completely different internet um, that, uh, that is completely censored. And, and they have, you know, it, it looks like the Wild West here in the Western world, you know, um, and it looks like complete insanity. And, uh, and it actually makes the, it, you know, it, it pains me to say this, but it makes the Chinese look good. Like it, it makes them look like they've got their shit together, um, living under authoritarian rule. You know, so it disturbs me that that is maybe the only uh, antidote to this. Uh, Either that or we just live, you know, perpetually in this state of crazy polarized uh, politics with just insane conspiracy theories uh, running the show. And yeah, I I don't know. I mean, (laughs) it's very bleak. It's very No,
0: definitely. There is definitely... um... Sort of a bleak aspect of this, you know, looking looking at looking down the road ahead. Uh, and as I said, you know, 15 or 20 years ago, we rely we were relying on the supper time news, the newspaper, magazines, whatever. Now we have this two way street, and you put, you know, these these slightly mentally ill people, I would argue, in front of a in front of a Twitter account or in front of social media accounts, or, or, or or you have people again, sort of, um, executing their own agenda through like a, a fake news website or an alt-right, right right website. It's definitely hard to control it. Um, there's, there's, I mean, I would say that definitely social media has, has led to a more um, divided society. And you're right. It's not only the United States it's happening in Canada as well. I shouldn't dismiss the fact that there are White supremacist, national, ultra, sorry, nationalist neo-Nazi, whatever, what have you, kind of people in Canada as well. I don't want to downplay that.
1: I um, don't. I don't think it's. Just, I don't think it's just that. I mean, I think, I think it's like this, um, you know, critical race theory and that type of that type of thing as well. Basically, you know, you know, painting every every white person starting at six months old as a racist um you know like that that's the type of attitude that's becoming more and more uh, mainstream and acceptable in in canada as well yeah uh, which is is the flip side to what you're saying you know like there there's extreme views um you know on the on the left and the right yeah. that are that are becoming more and more common in canada as well
0: totally and, and that's why in the last couple of years I have moved over in the spectrum, if you wanna call it a spectrum, to being a little bit more centrist because I used to be very left wing. And now I've sort of said, well, you know what? Extremism on either side is not great. I'm actually not a fan of the woke left. You and I can agree that we both have shared some criticisms and agreed on some points that are kind of against the quote unquote woke left or radical left. So I do have to agree with the sentiment of what you're saying there. I guess as we wrap this up, like. You know, now that we have this two-way street, now that we have this wild, wild west of the internet that has grown um, into, you know, gone into beast mode in the last 15 years, you know, let's be real, like back in 1999, 2000, that was like the early stages, stages of the internet, 4chan in 2003, the internet's still kind of sort of in its early stages, but now move forward, you know, 18, 20 years we're like in the full blown like metaverse world. We have the metaverse, we have virtual reality, we have online gaming, we have countless um social media platforms, we have countless forums, we have the dark web. Um there we have fake news sites. I I just don't know. Like I think I may share the the bleak sort of outlook that you do that I don't know if there's any way to fix this. I and I'm not saying that we need to turn into like and ultra, you know, um, I don't want, I don't want there to be ultra, like a form of ultra censorship. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, when it comes to extreme things that could cause danger to society, um, that's when
1: we, that that is in the eye of the beholder, right? Like you, you're, you're you're handing that power to decide what an extreme view is. And this, you know, like this discussion is, is evidence that you know between two reasonable people like we're both fairly moderate in the in the big picture in the big scheme of things for sure we're both fairly moderate yeah but you can see how just between the two of us there's a there's a radical uh difference of opinion on what is extreme speech and what isn't right so it's it's very hard and and you know so of course you've got you know things things like twitter that are that are Leaning to the left, that are basically censoring all all you know conservative speech, right? Uh, You know, so I don't know. Anyways, it's it's complicated. Here's so
0: I know I know you want to wrap up. I'm just going to say one more thing, and then we'll close it out. So where I would draw the line, and again, you and I could talk for hours about this. And I and I know and I and I I respect your point of view on this about censorship because it's a very very fine line between. Freedom of speech and hate speech. I think how I would define it is anything that's that cause that that could potentially cause harm to a mass amount, of like a large group of people, or anything that threatens to cause harm to a um, a massive group of people, or, a, or 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 you know a religious following or something like that. Anything that that could cause harm, basically, I would consider hate speech. So calling you know an Islamic person a terrorist that is hate speech. Um, making comments about slavery, you know, just anything to do with you know putting down someone because of their race, their religion wow. and 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 having that in, in the form of almost like kind of a threat, like if you have a if you have racist co- racist commentary with sort of a threat attached to it, that's what I would categorize as hate speech and that's what I think t- should be censored. But I don't know I don't know yeah. if if you and I could I don't know if you and I, gr- I agree where that line is necessarily.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that, that principle, but how it's actually applied to real everyday speech, it, it that's where the bias comes in. Right? Fair, enough. Like,
0: Fair that, enough. That's
1: where, you know, someone can say, Oh no, Donald, Donald Trump was actually threatening, uh, you know, to kill people. Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, was he, I mean, it's kind of a blurry line there. I don't, necessarily think that he was you know regardless he gets booted off of twitter uh, because uh, whoever has that uh, their finger on the the delete button um, that's the belief that that person held whereas someone else may not have done that you yeah. know based on the same set of facts right yeah i don't know anyways we we're going in circles here let's just yeah, wrap so- it up
0: yeah, let's wrap it up. And I and I, you you're, you make a good point that it's the people that run these these um, huge tech companies that do have a, a higher amount of control than that maybe that they should. And who knows? Maybe this is not going to. Maybe we'll never come back to a time where this is going to get fixed. And maybe we will, for the foreseeable future, see a, um, extremism and and a, and polarized politics, whether it's in Canada or the States and maybe there's no, maybe there's worth no it, solution. worth
1: it for free speech. You know what? If the occasional uh, pizza shop gets busted into with an AR-15, um, but the, the trade-off is that I don't have to live under a dictatorship in China. Um, uh, I, I guess I'll take the pizza shop thing every once in a while. <laughs> fair enough, man, fair enough. So, you know,
0: guys be on the lookout. If you see any suspicious activity, in your local pizza shop you know definitely call up your friends yeah. with ar-15 assault rifles they will be there to defend our great nation at the drop of a hat no but seriously though i i appreciate your time alex this has been a very good discussion it falls perfectly um in line with with our previous episode that we did on conspiracy theories we've talked about 9-11 we've talked about flat earthers we've talked about vaccines causing autism and now we can add to the checklist the QAnon phenomenon, um, you know, which is all wrapped up into this, you know, this 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 legacy of Donald Trump. So a lot to unpack tonight, and we and I think we did a pretty good job of of hitting on some of the key points and key philosophies around, um, you know, the, these 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 um, political sort of alt right conspiracy theories. So thank you again for being on the show tonight, Alex. Is always great discussion um listeners if you do like this sort of content as i said we did do a conspiracy theory episode we've done um, a lot of political episodes so there's a lot of content that is that is in line with tonight's episode so never a dull moment here on the lockdown lowdown um definitely join our facebook page and our spotify channel for more episodes to come but for now this is
1: alex and andrew signing off see you next time